the blast from our past network. Codrite! Codrite! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two superfans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because Seinfeld is Seinfeld, baby. We're in list living that Seinfeld life. I, I thought you were going to say Adam. Seinfeld is life. I'm sorry. I cut off your name, <laughs> Adam. I'm Corey, but I thought yeah, you were right. going to say Seinfeld is life. Seinfeld is love. Seinfeld is life. Uh, and today we are talking The Masseuse, season five, episode nine, first aired on November 28th. Sorry, November 28th is my birthday. No, this aired on November 18th, <laughs> 1993. Sometimes you just like start a flow. Like yeah. I didn't have that muscle memory of just November 28th, 1985. Yep. This yep. November 18th, 1993 is when this show aired. Corey, my man, could you please give us that synopsis? Yeah, buddy. The Masseuse. Jerry's masseuse girlfriend won't give him a massage. Elaine dates Joel Rifkin, dash, not the mass murderer. <laughs> okay, not that Joel Rifkin. Uh, all right, so we start off per usual with a stand-up. This one on being a serial killer's neighbor. <laughs> this actually makes uh, a lot of sense after watching uh, Summer of 84, which is a great fucking movie, by uh, the way. Uh -huh. Um, if you get a chance, check it out. Um, if there's a serial killer in your neighborhood, it seems like the safest thing is to be the neighbor. They never kill the neighbor. The neighbor always survives to do the interview afterwards, right? Oh, he was kind of quiet. I love these neighbors. They're never disturbed by the sounds of murder and just stereo. Chainsaws, people screaming, fine. Just keep the music down. And all these women that fall in love with the serial killer. They write him in prison. He's, uh... Here's a woman that's hard to disappoint. I guess she's only upset when she finds out he stopped killing people and she goes, you know, sometimes I feel like I don't even know you anymore. Ah, I like that one. That was fun from beginning to end, I thought. It was cute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was pretty cute. Solid. All right. So we are starting off with Elaine in her office. She's on the phone with Jerry. Uh, he talks about his vomit streak. He hasn't vomited <laughs> in 13 years. <laughs> Just setting up some stuff that will come down the line later. And, and at first, just for a nanosecond, I was like, is this the, the black and white cookie episode? But no, and, and which is, it's cool. I like how they're setting up the vomit thing here. Yep. Um, her boyfriend is named Joel Rifkin. We see some uh, coworkers making fun of uh, her because of she's dating Joel Rifkin, who is a real-life serial killer. He yep. was sentenced to 203 years in prison for the murders of nine women between 1989 and 1993. And he's actually suspected uh, to be to be part of uh, 17 different killings in that time, uh, all in the New York area and Long Island area. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, so. I was I read the same thing you did and I was like, OK, and I didn't know who he was. I know that serial killer podcasts are fucking huge. I only mm. listened to the last podcast on the left, and I actually don't uh, really – I give you under the the you know true crime uh, demographic. Um, and I don't really yeah. care much for their true crime stuff. I kind of listen to them for the, the supernatural and weird shit. But uh, did you know who Joel Rifkin was before this? 
I did not, and yeah. my wife, who listens to every fucking murder podcast under the sun, it seems, um, also didn't recognize mm. him either. So okay, he must not be a big name, I guess, in in that world. Yeah, just not popular enough. Not yeah. not one of those super popular uh, <laughs> serial killers. <laughs> I guess he didn't kill enough people. I don't know. Yeah, he didn't have a good enough nickname. Oh, I did hear <laughs> he got a fight. He got in a fight. Uh, I read on on his Wikipedia. Uh, that he got into a fight in jail with some other serial killer dude, some other mass murderer guy who killed like, I don't know, it was like six people or whatnot. And the guy was like, oh, fuck you. You only kill women. I kill something. He's like, yeah, but I've killed more people than you have or I've killed more of them than you have. And he's just like, oh, and then he, the guy punched him and there was a little brawl. I don't know. <laughs> serial killers are fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like, I'm like, is this going to be like, is this like Jason versus Freddy or something? It's like, yeah, kind of, kind of. <laughs> sounded well. just as exciting as that shitty movie, by the way. <laughs> oh, that wasn't that bad. All, I mean, I was, about, I was about to be like, oh, if y'all want to check it out, listen to uh, Talking Back. But they did Predator versus Alien. Different yeah. kind of yeah. similar, similar kind of vibe. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, all right. Um, at the apartment. She wishes um, we're at Jerry's place and she Elaine just wishes Joel would change his name. Kramer busts in with a huge just flail. Yeah. But there is no audience. And if this was three episodes ago that that he came in with gusto. Yeah. And like there was um, there was nothing this time, which is fine. Yeah. But I I, kinda, I, I love the fact, you know, th- that he I mean, obviously they blocked it so, so well, but he comes flying in and just misses Elaine by like inches. And then he he does it like actually twice, which is why you can tell she doesn't move much when she's like blocked into that scene. They they Mm -hmm. clearly had a very specific blocking for this scene, but it's so fucking good. I love Kramer's just the whole Kramer thing right here is great. Yep. Uh, They kind of talk about. Or Kramer talks about Joel Rifkin a little bit. Oh, that he was like strangling people, which I don't know if that was the case. I didn't see that. Um, but uh, Kramer then ties the killings in with him being adopted, mm-hmm. uh, which Joel Rifkin was actually adopted. Okay. But uh, being adopted, I don't think creates serial killers. That just happens to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I guarantee you that was probably like a wives tale sort of thing back then. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, we find out that George is back with Karen. Hey, we haven't seen Karen since the mango. Yeah, and it's it's we get a little flashback, uh, you know, showing her at the at dinner when when they had the dinner together. Real quick flashback, but man, this is such a rare thing in Seinfeld to have them like dip back into a mm-hmm. a previous love interest, you know. But this yeah, is it, it, it's interesting because this is the one we were we were specifically saying she was more attractive than 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 George. So oh it, yeah, you know this was that was one of the things we we commented on that episode. So it's nice to see George uh, has a second chance with her. I wonder if he's gonna blow it. <laughs> yeah, I feel with the scene here so. Um, Jerry's like talking about, oh yeah, George is out on a date or he's going to, we're going to, I'm doing a double date with, uh, Jerry and Risotto. Uh, and he's like, who, who? And then the flashback of her, you know, Mm -hmm. saying, oh, I love the Risotto or whatever the hell it was. She said, or not a fan of, I can't remember what it was, but I feel like they were really forcing her nickname being Risotto. Yeah. It was that just me. Like they were just like, Oh, you know what? Yeah. Remember her Risotto. And then flashback of her saying Risotto. And it's just like, I get it. You're really trying to push the nicknames on the, on the uh, love interest this time. And it's going to sort of go into that direction. So uh, the question is, is this the start? Is this something they sort of did on their own or like, 
was this sort of, you know, a, a meta thing where, you know, the first three seasons, they already started, like, culturally, you know, in, in mm. magazines and stuff, in the books. Because you remember at this time, a new book would come out after every single season of, like, oh, what was in this season of Seinfeld? It was just freaking everywhere. And, you know, every season there'd be a new complete guide to, to Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get the feeling that them naming the women is kind of like a meta thing of them kind of talking back to the audience and how sort of the audience is starting to remember these characters and stuff by these little names. But it is, you know, it, right now it's a little bit, I feel like it's a little bit forced but then later yep. it is going to become sort of the norm like oh that's yeah. the big talker or that's the this and she's yeah, the that you know, and stuff like that man hands and you know yeah. the belly button or whatever you know so stuff like yeah. that hello you know stuff like that <laughs> where they where they kind of have one gimmick you know like the the women yeah. are sort of wrapped up into one sort of singular gimmick true uh and the gimmick for the person that Jerry is dating today is that she is a masseuse. <laughs> I thought you were going to so. say she the gimmick for her is that she likes to uh hook up with high school boys. Oh, uh, well, yeah. She's Stifler's yes. mom. Guys, she's Stifler's mom, okay? Yes, yeah, Stifler's mom, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people remember her from American Pie. She is the quote-unquote like original MILF. Yeah. Um like like that's that's where MILF came from. Um, and that's what I heard. Or it, it went main. I think it went mainstream at that yeah, point. Was, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, as someone who uh, worked at an adult video store way before that movie came out, MILF was always a thing. <laughs> it was just a porn <laughs> term that went like mainstream. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, and for me, I always remember Jennifer Coolidge from her stuff with Christopher Guest, mm-hmm. um, like Best in Show. Yeah. Um, she was also in A Mighty Wind, that kind of stuff. She's she is hilarious. She's yes. fa- uh, I think she was also in the. Um, Legally Blonde uh, movie as well. I think she was Elle's mom in that one. I, yeah, I think I think you're yeah I think you're right on that one. Um, haven't seen yeah. that one since like it first came out, but I actually really liked it when I did see it. I, I should probably revisit yeah. it. But uh, yeah, man, she you're right. Like like Stifler's mom is kind of like the one thing that she does. But all the 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 guest movies are fucking fantastic. I love Best in Show, man. That movie's fantastic. Yeah. Yep. All right, so. Um, Jody is her name in this show, and she is our Jer- Jerry's upset that she won't give him. He hasn't gotten a massage yet. Damn it! And I'm not gonna lie. If I was dating a masseuse, I would expect at least like one massage early on while you're like dating and like trying to you know make things look good. And be like, oh yeah, I'm a masseuse, uh, and then you give him you know a massage. Like that totally, I would be upset 100 if I hadn't gotten like at least just one. Sure, but at the same time, if you, um, you know, we're dating somebody new, you, you know, you're not married right now, but everything is equal. Everything else is equal. And you're the person you're dating is like, Hey Adam, I need you to edit this thing for me. That's going to take you an hour. How inclined would you want to be to edit that thing? If it got me sex, I, I would edit it, all the things. Are you as fucking it came kidding out me? Of my that's mouth. a dumb question. As it came out of my mouth, I realized that I'm asking a guy this question, yeah. you know, and yes, oh my and God. being a guy myself. All I have to do? We'll all, we would all, all guys do anything for, for sex, so yes. Good. <laughs> Something that I know how to do and I can do well and quickly and I can press this person and I could potentially get sex from it. Duh. <laughs> yeah. I'm an idiot for asking that. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. 
And with me today in studio is co-host oh, hey, Dean. Hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. And now, back to the show. All right, at the double date, we see... I always felt that they were sitting very un-double date-like. Um, I always felt George was sitting too close, kind of a round table. But George and Jody are sitting like as if they're a couple. And Jerry and Karen are sitting as, as if they're a couple. And I never liked that. It always bothered me. Yeah, it's it's weirdly blocked out. Um, but of course, yeah. uh, we got to assume this is the Cartwright uh, restaurant, right? Again? Oh, yeah, it could be. I mean, it's, it, it looks uh, yeah. like the same backdrop because uh, we got it again a couple episodes ago. Um, we've, mm-hmm. they've, they've reused this set multiple times this season. Yeah, yeah, probably is then. Um, but George is like, I don't know, he's telling his story. He's trying to be very – he thinks he's he thinks he's fucking hilarious right now. He is being cocky George, but in his like, oh, man, I am, I'm slamming it tonight with these jokes and all this stuff. And his verbiage – to Jody, he calls her like sweetie and like just kind of like pats her on like the knee and shit like that. Or it's just like, you don't fucking know her. She's not your sweetie. And he is being a cocky asshole. If I was her, I would fucking hate him right now too. Yep. I think she, I think Jody is a hundred percent in the right, especially that sweetheart thing. I, I was yep. like, oh, George, you are cruising for us slapping. But the funny thing is, as much as Jody is hating it, Karen is eating it up. Like she yeah. loves this shit. Yeah, that and that's giving George false confidence. Yeah, because yeah, he is acting exactly. like an a hole here. Yep, one hundred percent. So I do love Jerry. This whole time is like trying to emphasize his <laughs> neck pain. <laughs> like as much as George is like just trying to you know be Mister Cool, Funny Pants George. Jerry's like, ah oh, man, I just I slept on my neck wrong and all this kind of shit. Trying to really trying to push. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's not working. And obviously Jody's not having shit with uh, George. And, you know, he, he's kind of just like, huh, okay. He's not, not really, doesn't phase him too much right now, but that will change. <laughs> that so, oh, will that change. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, at the apartment, Jerry's with Jody. And, you know, here again, Jerry trying to force some massage, kind of forcing her two hands on the back of his neck. <laughs> As she's distracted uh, by hating on George, and just you know, she talks about how she's not not uh, not a fan of him. But uh, George and Karen are still in the restaurant finishing their meal, and Karen, ooh, she wants to take things uh, take things home, if you know what I mean. She is ready for George right now, and I don't think she wouldn't be faking it this time. <laughs> I know she was. Man, she's so pretty and she's so into George, and George is such a goddamn moron here. Yes, he is, um, because he's just, he's starting to, it's eating at him, where 
you know, he need, he needs her to like him. He's like, well, I, I'm not sure if she liked me or not. You know, that's all he can think about right now. Yep. So um, at Elaine's place, we see Joel, um, you know, he's trying to give a neck massage to her. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny because they just talked about the strangling thing. And so that freaks her out. All those serial killer vibes. Yeah. Um, and she tries to tries to bring up different names to do. And she brings up, oh, Dion, Dion, all these football players are named Dion. <laughs> You know, wouldn't that be good to change your name from a serial killer to Dion? Uh, okay, maybe. And then she's like, oh, how about OJ? <laughs> OJ Rifkin. And it's just like, holy shit. <laughs> how ironic. Yes, and, and like true irony, not just the Alanis Morissette version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. They were. Ch- she wanted him to change his name from a murderer from Joel Rifkin to OJ Rifkin, who we don't need to talk about. But, I mean, you know you know what that's about. You know what happened there. <laughs> and there's going to be some spoofs on Seinfeld thanks to that as well yep, later. Yep, exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just, I, for, I always forget that that's the thing that she wants to shift his name yeah. to OJ at one point. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. That is perfect. So, at, uh, at Monk's. Jerry's upset because he wants that damn massage and it's not happening. George is trying to find out what's up, like what's wrong. Um, and, you know, why doesn't she like me? And he just he can't get over it further that he's still it's just bugging him further and further. And, and I love when George is like, but what did she say? And he's like, Jim, like if that's exactly what she said, mm. word for word. I know there are people that don't like me, Corey. Are there? Do you? I mean, yeah. I know it. Well, I know for a fact. I think when you when you get older and you be, you get more confident and more comfortable in your own skin, you don't give a shit about that anymore. You know, yeah. if people like you or not, because if you don't like me, great. There's a gazillion other people in the world that I can be friends with. So I've never worried about it. But at the same time, at one point, I did worry about it. Like at one point, I did yeah. feel the way yeah. George felt. You know. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, in the apartment hall, George and Jerry are coming back from Monks, and they run into Jody, who had just finished a massage with Kramer. And George, all he wants to try to be super extra with her, extra nice, um, and it's not not really working. He's gonna carry her thing for like I can't stand that stuff. All right, I've I've been around guys that like will forcibly be gentlemen. Or what they feel is a gentleman, where it's just like, no, 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 let me care for it. No, 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 I said, let me care for it. I'm, or, or you go first. I'm the gentleman. I open the door for you. It's just like, and sometimes the women are just like, no, 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 I, you know, it's fine. And I'm just like, if the woman says she wants to carry or fucking whatever or open her own goddamn door, then let them do it. You are not being a better gentleman by forcing them into your situation. You're being a d bag, is what you're being. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. In, I've yep. seen it with people who who are so focused on what they feel as a gentleman, and it has to do that. And it's just like, it's, I'm sorry, man, that's out fucking dated. It's well, what it is is it's a selfish reaction because they mm-hmm. are being selfish and not listening to what the other person is telling them. They are like, uh, even if it's even if what you're trying to do is quote unquote the right thing, if you're doing it forcibly onto somebody or you're not listening to what the other person's saying it or like what they're saying, you are being selfish. You're being a jerk, you know, even if you're trying to yeah. do a nice thing. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, but real quick, Grant, I will say, I do always relish seeing different parts of either the apartment or the apartment complex, mm, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of fun seeing the hallway from a different point of view, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We get it We get it a little bit more later on in the series, but like, yeah, so far we haven't had too many hallway shots. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of nice. Um, all right, Kramer lets Jerry know about the whole massage experience. You know, he's all just super, 
oh my god, this new age music, and she rubs oil long and deep, and all this fun stuff, how great the massage is, and that's it. Jerry's had enough. He bans Kramer from massages. <laughs> yeah. And, <th> and, <laughs> and Kramer's response is, well, I paid for her. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then you get I, what we haven't talked about in a little while. Ridiculously angry Jerry. Yeah. You get here where he's like yelling at, and how, how comical he is as he's yelling at Kramer. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, God. I love it. I Like earlier, too, in, in this scene, when you, Jerry finds out that Kramer got the massage, he does the, the Newman mouth snarl, but he says it with Kramer. Like he says Kramer and does like the little ma uh, mouth snarl girl, uh, growl thingy that he does with Newman, which I always loved. But then later in the scene, uh, when they actually transition into the apartment and Kramer's laying on. Mm -hmm. the couch there is a shot from jerry's pov so the master shot uh has the the side couch that side chair blocking some of mm -hmm. the the ground but they do a pov yep. of kramer uh from jerry's point of view and you see the ground of jerry's floor behind kramer and you see on the ground a piece of tape with markings on it for the lighting for like for marks oh. for people to land on and ah. uh yeah i took a picture of it uh, i actually i sent it to you buddy i think you were probably a uh, recording when uh when and I sent it earlier, oh, okay, um, but yeah. I'll actually post it on on Facebook when we get off uh, uh, recording this. Um, but yeah, you can see the, the the lighting marks and everything like right there, giant. Oh. And as someone who you know, you, you we both have worked, you know, in film or at least photography and stuff. We know what like marks on the ground mean, you know, like X's and, and different yeah. color tape. But this actually has like writing on it, which I actually found interesting. Oh. So I was like, oh, I wonder what like these these mean. Like, is that third camera? Like, what is that? You know. So that's cool. Check it out, guys. Um, and I. I think it's, be, you know, obviously it's because we're watching on Hulu, so they do that whole zoom in thing, you know, so it probably wasn't as noticeable in the, the normal shot, you know, on TV when you saw it with its original aspect ratio, but with the giant TVs that we have and the cameras zoomed in, you cannot miss it. It's, um, it's over, it's, you know, screen left over Kramer's right shoulder. Huh. Okay. Uh, a little behind the scenes stuff. I always, always find that stuff fun. Yeah, me too. All right. Uh, at the football game, um, the... Jet the uh the rain the knit sorry, the Giants that's who they were for the Giants Giants <laughs> you, are playing you sound like my dad trying to remember my name you were like you you go the I think you said the Jets and I think you were about to say the Ravens I don't know why I was, no, I was about to say the Knicks I was like okay. Jet Nick no uh, uh, the the Giants that's the one I'm uh, a big dad, sports fan my dad would always go Colette uh, Ellen Corey goddamn it whatever your name is get over here. <laughs> That's kind of sad that your dad doesn't remember your name, Corey. Yeah, it's probably uh, probably this, <laughs> very. Telling. He doesn't have Alzheimer's or Alzheimer's or anything. He just like legitimately hates you, unless he's just had it his entire life. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, at the football game, um, Elaine finds out that Joel Rifkin was adopted. A quick little line, which is just kind of funny. Uh, just another tie-in with like the whole Kramer what thing that he joked about. Um, Kramer's at will call, and he needs his ID to uh, pick up the ticket that Joel left for him. Logical. That makes sense. Yeah. I do love, though, when he just was like, look at me. Tell me I'm not Kramer. <laughs> yeah. And he's just on the profile. Like, we're, and uh, all of us are like, of course he's Kramer. Look at him. He's fucking Kramer. <laughs> but the ticket guy's like, all right, I just need you know to talk to the, uh, the, the person who dropped these off or whatever. And if he confirms it, you'll be good to go. Um, and so there's an announcement throughout the stadium Joel Rifkin, Joel Rifkin, report to a phone booth or a ticket booth or whatever. 
Um, and then, you know, everybody's freaking out. And Elaine's like, he's not the murderer. <laughs> so when yeah. I was a kid, you know, this was, of course, back in the 80s when, you know, your parents didn't have a problem just letting you roam Kmart or Toys R Us just, oh, yeah. you know, at the age of like eight years old. Because, you know, it was a different time, guys. But my stepmom was notorious for going up to, you know, not coming to find us, even though I was always in the same aisle, the action figure aisle. She was notorious for just going to the help desk and then just having them, you know, call us and signal us. And of course, first couple times, first couple times that happens, you know, you're embarrassed, like, oh my God, you go running. But then I realized, I was like, wait a minute, the people around me don't know who I am. So if I don't react yeah. to this and I just kind of wait a second and then just pretend, you know, to start walking mm. away, the people around me won't really <laughs> realize it. Now, of course, That's smart. <laughs> I mean, it was just something that was very specific to me as a kid. And I'm like, oh, so I, you know, I, I just, I realized it. I was like, okay. But yeah, very embarrassing at first, though, as, as, a, as a young lad. I don't know if I would have thought of that. Um, but yeah, like, because at first, my, my first thought is, oh my God, yeah. how embarrassing. But you're right. But if you don't do it and you just kind of look around like, oh, I wonder who that is. And they just kind of like slink away very, you know, very smoothly. <laughs> no. That'd be that. Huh. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the art of slinking away. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion you're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. And now, back to the show. All right, back to Seinfeld. At the apartment, Kramer needs another massage. He's hurting from all those game seats. You know, just another, just just stuff he's, he's, begging for it he's begging for it he needs it man and i and i love how he says to jerry he's like what about my massage and i love how jerry goes ask newman does like the same mocking voice (laughs) it was so jerry obviously is not allowing it um at uh monks george still obsessed with jody and he's talking with karen and karen is tired of it and um yeah Can, can i tell you Corey's getting tired of it too yeah. Yes. Like this is, it's just fucking idiotic. And it is kind of like, are you kidding me? It makes no, like so many people hate George already. Why is this the one that he's fixated on? No, no, no. So he's used to people hating him. He's not yes, used to someone dis- disliking him. So I will say yeah. that at this point, I, cause I didn't, I kind of forgot where this was going to go ultimately with George. And at this point I was fucking hating him and everything. I was like, God, you're being so fucking annoying. But I will say, and we'll talk about it more in a bit. But I like how they spun it back around, and I like how they give they give the reason for it and everything. I was like, okay, that I like where it goes eventually. Yeah. But right now, in this moment, I am fucking annoyed as shit at George, just like she is. All right, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right, Elaine supports. Uh, we cut back to her and Joel, and Joel wants to change his name. She supports it. And so they start going over names, and he's kind of going over their list. He talks about, oh, okay, well, how about Stuart? Oh, how about Todd or Alex? Uh, she doesn't like Stuart, or she doesn't like Alex because she went to college with this guy. Every every time he took a sip, 
And so now she has a bad association with the name Alex. But looking at the guy, honestly, I thought Stuart was like, yeah, you look like a fucking Stuart. He, he does kind of look like a Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, uh, but, but Elaine is slowly going insane uh, during this. And I was like, oh, especially when when J- the way Jerry's behaving. I was like, oh, this is the episode essentially where all three of the main characters go insane from their relationships. Yes, exactly. And we're getting the, kind of like some fast yeah. Uh, cuts between these scenes. Um, so here, Jody start cut, or Jody comes to the apartment, and Jerry's playing his new age music. Uh, he opens up her massage table for her, and he tries to kind of force a massage uh, by laying on the table, and she's not comfortable. Yeah. You know, there's there's not consent there. Yeah. Um, simultaneously, with similar kind of quicker cutting, uh, George and Karen they're starting to get hot and heavy. Wow, good for George. She's attractive, but he wants to leave. He just he's got to deal with Karen or with uh, Jody, and she gives him an ultimatum: me or Jody. And he picks Jody, <laughs> and that's exactly as you said. Um, you know, well, she's like, well, I'm starting to hate you. Or she's like, he's like, she dislikes me. I just can't deal with it. And so Karen says, well, I'm starting to hate you. And he's like, oh, that. That I'm used to. Yeah. <laughs> so. and that I thought ultimately was funny, you know? But yeah, yeah, right now I am just like literally steam is coming out of my ears at George, you know? I'm like, why are you blowing this? Like, we you know, we liked her before, you know? Like, we were like, she's she's like, yeah. she's better. She, I mean, she likes him. She likes cocky ass George. We all hated that. I know. And she is digging it. Jesus, George, my God. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to Joel and Elaine, and now they have blown up fully, and they're fighting over the names. And she wants to name him Remy. <laughs> Remy, <laughs> I love that. Remy, Remy Rifkin. Uh, <laughs> should I get a beret? And then she's like, Little Stuart Rifkin needs <laughs> yeah. to go shopping with his mother. <laughs> That. They're they're just they're taking all of this shit way too intensely. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, Elaine is just as crazy as the rest of them. That's why. Yep. Um, at the apartment, Jerry, no means no. And uh, he calls her a massage teaser. <laughs> that kind of becomes her nickname throughout the Seinfeld verse, if you will, Seinfeld verse. Um, and, you know, it's all kind of like a joke on consent and things like that. He tries to force it. He tr- he's trying to, like, <laughs> force her into it. George comes in and. I honestly, I felt like I saw Jerry about to crack. <laughs> yeah. Just the way that, like, the way uh, George, uh, Jason Alexander just kind of like holds his lines a little bit before he starts to to deliver them. I feel like I, I saw Jerry and I was just like, oh shit, he is about to let loose. And then uh, uh, George kind of started talking and he kind of could get into his character. But I, I saw the same thing you did, and it it seemed yeah. overall like there was a few times when this was going to happen. I, I just I love it. Those are the moments that I love the most is when. Jerry Seinfeld, the actor, is trying to actually keep it together yeah. himself. Which, I mean, it, it also goes back to, like, my favorite episodes of SNL are the ones where they break character and everyone starts laughing. Fair you enough. Know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, George lets Jody know, or, you know, that he's starting to like her. He Her, her complete and utter dislike and disdain of him, it's leaving him to a point where he's so infatuated with her. Yeah. She leaves, un- understandably. <laughs> at this point and George goes after her and I like the little message from Jerry at the end it's basically like, I wouldn't push for the massage <laughs> but and that's that but yeah and and ultimately like I kind of liked how they played this George thing and 
in a way, I like that they played with my emotions. I was like, oh, it's getting all upset. But I like when you find out the reason behind it, I'm not saying that I understand it or anything, but I understand mm-hmm. George's perspective of it. I understand where George, the character, is coming from. And I understand now why he's behaving that way. So I feel like that little part saved the rest of his behaviors to me a little bit, even though I think that, that you know, the Risotto girl is, she's so hot. I mean, I don't know why George would just be obsessed with Jody, but, uh, you know, whatever. Let's yeah. not uh, objectify women, right? Um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, but Jennifer Coolidge yeah, is a very attractive woman. Exactly, too. exactly. So, but, like, ultimately, I thought it was funny how it ended, like, what, what the climax of this whole thing sort of was. I agree. Um yeah, that is the end of the episode, other than a stand-up bit on Swedish massage. Yeah. The Swedish are very big massagers, as you know. They like the Swedish meatballs, Swedish uh, massage. They like uh, having meat in their hands, these people. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't we all? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird because they have one of the highest suicide rates. They're they're rubbing each other's necks all the time. For, for a neutral country, they seem kind of tense. He's like, um, I don't really like the idea of getting a professional massage. I don't want people touching me that don't know me and don't want to, <laughs> to have sex with me. What are you bothering me for? You, you get me all loosey-goosey and juices flowing? Then it's, okay, you're done. It's like having chocolate rubbed all over your face, and you, you want to go, excuse me, I think you missed a spot. And I was, like, waiting for him to, like, say, you know, my mouth or something, but I guess you were supposed to infer that about the chocolate being rubbed all over your face. Yeah. That was a terrible analogy at the end, but I, I, I thought it was an it interesting was. start, you know, but it kind of went downhill, unfortunately. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, I do enjoy a massage every now and then. I'm, I'm pretty rarely, but like, but I, I like them. Oh, I, I do too. Um, not not gonna lie, I get one every other week. Uh, our health insurance through Trader Joe's is pretty damn good, so it's like twenty dollar copay awesome. for a a, a a chiropractor plus you know the massage that sort of goes with it. So yeah, I've I love massages, man. Get me loosey goosey. Yeah, yeah, they're nice. I'll tell you the one thing I like like more than anything is just like my back scratched. Yeah. Oh my god, nothing calms me down and like puts me into a, like a state of zen more than like if it's just like a a, a light all over back scratch. Yeah. I mean, my uh. wife, we joke, she's very much like a cat, a lot of her personality and stuff like that. I'm a dog. I want constant attention. Mm. I, I want to flop down on her, and I just want to be touched <laughs> at all points in time. Even if you're just barely touching my head, you know, mm. scratching my head, I just want to be touched at all points in time. Yeah. I'll touch you, Corey. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a goddamn shame we're like 2,000 miles apart. I <laughs> know. Uh, All right. That is the end of the episode. Uh, we have some general discussion to talk about. How about uh, I go first? Sure. Because I'm I'm selfish. <laughs> I'm like Jerry. You know what? It's all about me. Yeah. I want to get my massage in. All right. I thought this was a pretty decent episode. Um, I really did appreciate the pacing at the end where we're starting to see the relationships falling apart. Like, you know, we kind of had some uh, slower scene, slower scene. And then like, okay, they're building up. And then it's kind of like, here's here's a quick couple sentences with this group. And then we go to cut to the other uh, group together. And then we cut the other relationship, all that kind of stuff. I liked that. It worked really well for me. I thought, yeah, the flow, solid comedy. I really did appreciate. I've mentioned it a bajillion times. Dark humor. This was a dark subject matter. Lack of consent. 
but they did it in such a funny way. There's gonna, they're actually gonna tackle this very similar situation. I think when he drugs um, his girlfriend and plays with her toys. Yeah, it's a very similar situation. But this is this is more of like an upfront, you know, forcibly, you know, kind of thing with the massage. But it, that kind of dark humor, I think they they toe that line so perfectly. Um, so I do wish there would have been a little bit bigger or something for Kramer to do. I, I, I missed him a little bit. We had some, but I just I wanted something a little bit more important than he got a, a massage from Jody and he told him about it and that was about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. So, but overall, I felt this was a good showing. Not top tier, but I was very pleased. I gave it 3.5 out of 5 forced massages. <laughs> they got to be the forced ones, right? <laughs> yes, they have to be forced. <laughs> they have to be forced. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. I I very much enjoyed this episode. I liked the pacing. Um, I liked pretty much everything everyone was doing. I kind of didn't have a problem with Kramer having like a slower mm. episode. Sometimes I feel like that's fine, and then you can give him like more to do next episode, which which we know is is the case. So like I don't yeah. mind if sometimes like Elaine has a little bit less to do or whatever. Yeah. As long as I mean, it's, it's hard to give four people four main ish storylines in, in twenty two yeah. minutes, you know. So so yeah. as long as the story and and how what everyone is doing is quality i don't mind if the quantity is cut back and i loved okay. uh, uh what kramer was doing and i loved uh pretty much everything that that kind of bounced around this episode i thought it was a lot of fun and i really enjoyed the fact that i was really starting to hate george here and i've had it's that old familiar feeling when george just gets into these like headsets like just he kind of spirals and gets locked into these like ways of thinking and i just get so angry at him sometimes but the what they did with it ultimately, like where they landed with it, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I I get the point, I and I enjoy it. I thought it was funny. I was like, yeah, I I, I get it. She you, she hates you so much, or she 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 dislikes you so much, um, that you are now attracted to her. I was like, I get that. I understand that. And uh, <laughs> and then, you know, and him kind of following his heart, which is really interesting when you think about it because mm-hmm. it's almost the opposite of George, right? Like it's almost the, the George opposite scenario where he kind of like goes with his gut or whatever here. He actually followed his heart and he's going after Jody where I think normally he would like overthink it's, it's a weird scenario, yeah. but it's very specifically George and it works. And uh, overall I fucking really enjoyed the episode. Not like, like it's not perfect or anything like that, but I think it's a lot of fun and I give it 3.5 Lighting marks on the floor out of five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So we ended up around the same the same rating. Yeah. At the same rating. So that's good. Yeah. And and you know it, it always helps. It always helps when it's one of those episodes where I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that this like is a fun episode. It, you know, it's a, it's not yeah. an episode that I would normally pop the disc in and be like, oh, let's watch the masseuse guys. You know, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Pleasantly surprised by this one. Yeah, I would say season five is shaping up pretty damn well so far. Yeah, I'm looking um, at my. Uh, by the way, this mm-hmm. is my first season that I've actually kept tally of my. Uh, uh-huh. I'm not as as uh, you know, what's the word for it? Uh, studious as you Cons- are, you know. St- yeah, consistent. Yeah. So, but I've been Whatever. keeping track of mine now, and yeah, dude, there's only been. Uh, I gave episode six a two, although I think I went a little bit hard on it for my for a personal reason or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah. it had. There's not a lot of low ones here for me. Uh, just two, one, two, and two threes, and and most everything else is like fives and fours. Yeah, I'm kind of going back right now, just kind of scrolling through. 
three is the lowest I have for anything on this season so far. Yeah. So that's um that's boding well for the average for the season to p- potentially be the best season of Seinfeld so far. So far. Uh, mm-hmm. But we'll yeah we'll find out you know come the end of the season maybe there'll be something that really kind of pulls us away. And you know what? Maybe it's the yeah, next episode, so- of the Cigar Indian. I don't know. Could be, and you never know. You Could never be. know. <laughs> we'll never know. But what I do know, which will never falter in its quality, and that, sir, is podcasting after dark. Corey, my man, please tell us about that and everything else about you in your life. Everything. Uh, I want to know everything. Everything. <laughs> well, there's not much to know. I really only just podcast. That's pretty much it. <laughs> it's this and podcasting after dark. But uh, yeah, I do that show with our friend Zach. Uh, we talk about cult movies. We just released our DefCon 4 episode, a movie that I'm sure one of you, one of all Never. of our subscribers knows what that fucking movie is. No idea. <laughs> no idea. But And if it's you out there, if, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, that's me. I know DefCon 4. Well, please, please go listen to our uh, podcast after dark uh, review of it. So, uh, yeah, we do uh, cult movies, stuff like that. And uh, we also talk to, uh, we interview actors and directors. We just got finished yeah. uh, talking to Tom Noonan, who, Woo! yeah, which Adam, you know, we both know because we done yes. you and i have done two movies we've reviewed two movies of his one is monster squad he played uh, frankenstein's monster in that movie bogus it was bogus and then uh robocop 2 he was kane yep. <laughs> yep. the bad guy so we talked to him uh that episode will drop this month when you uh when you guys are listening to this it'll drop this month on the patreon feed so check out podcasting after dark uh you can find all the links over on our website podcastingafterdark.com Adam, can you please tell us, why don't you tell us about Throwback Trivia Takedown? Because Zach and I were on that show. Y'all were facing each other in a BFOP tournament on Throwback Trivia Takedown. It is 70s, 80s, and 90s nostalgia, nostalgic knowledge, a battle between two people. It's trivia. If you like trivia, I think we try to make our, our questions relevant to anyone who likes trivia and not just like nostalgic um it just kind of happens to fit that way because that's something that john and i are interested in um obviously with our other podcast blast from our past um we talk about things from the 70s 80s and 90s and sort of like hey let's do a, a podcast where we do trivia about it but let's talk about blast from our past podcast we do all things 70s 80s and 90s sometimes we go older we did 1939 back in the day but we, we just typically we did that one because it was wizard of oz that's yeah. fucking nostalgic yeah not gonna lie um but you know movies tv shows top tens album reviews things like that um john and i recorded an album review today i'm curious i know you're a, you're a, you and you always been very vocal you appreciate our album reviews I'm curious if you're going to like this album review as much because it's definitely not a style that you've probably uh, like listened to before. Well, I listened to your but. Yanni uh, album review, and I quite oh. enjoyed that one, uh, even though I'm of not the biggest did. Yanni fan. All right. <laughs> I remember. All right. Back when we were both mm-hmm. living in Los Angeles, there was a point when we were record. We were recording at your place in the same room, and there was at one time, I was probably a little tipsy, and I was like, Corey. You gotta fucking listen to this Yanni song. It's fucking bomb. It was probably around the same time we recorded yeah. that episode, um, and I was listening to it, and I was like, "Corey, shut up. Just listen to this episode, or listen listen to this one song." <laughs> and so I played the song, my favorite Yanni song, "The Rain Must Falls." Like I absolutely adore it, and I played it for Corey, and he was like, "Yeah, that's the song." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm over there like jamming out, like going fucking nuts, loving it. Oh, 
up, buddy. I miss us being in close proximity together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was good times. It was. It, well, 100%. it was. Podcasting with you was good times living in L.A. I, not yeah, a lot of other yes. things were, but there were some other issues. For yeah, sure. yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm always excited to listen to your uh, your album reviews, and I will say, it's weird because a lot of times it's the albums, the stuff that I don't listen to are the album reviews that I actually like more. You know, because I get to oh, I get to learn something new and everything. And you guys put out some great shit, but but I mean, at this point, I mean, the Tool one, the Anima is so fucking good, and of course that like made me go. Back and just re-listen to Anima over and over again and shit like I used to because that was my favorite album of all time. It was a great album, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Album, so, um, and if you uh, and if also yeah. if you like, uh, you know, all the shit that we do, I guarantee you guys will like talking yes. back. Please go check them out. Tim and Dean are freaking awesome. Uh, I haven't had a chance to listen. It just dropped today, and I've been uh, working all day today. But you just did a a uh, list with uh, Tim, correct? Uh, from Talking Back, yeah. We did it. So it's out. It'll be out for a couple days by the time this one drops. But it is uh, Top 10 Movie Monsters. Yeah. So uh, Tim is definitely a fan of some movie monsters. I know you are too, so you'll probably appreciate um, our episode on all of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. I, feel, I felt bad for him because I called him Dean like three times or four <laughs> times in the episode. And he was finally just like, hey, hey, I- I'm, I- I'm Tim. And I'm like, God damn it, Adam. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. I mean, I when I I when I first was listening to their podcast, I had trouble telling who was who. Yeah. Because they both just sound like Canadian guys. Um. Not they don't not like thick accents or anything. No. I, and honestly, I kind of think that happens with all podcasts. Like when I first started listening to the last podcast on the left, I could not tell who anyone was. Like we, yeah. I think we as you know a species, we rely so much on visual cues to go with it. Mm-hmm. I dude, I totally get where you're coming from. That being said, I am so glad that I am not recorded calling uh, Tim uh, Dean three times <laughs> because, because that is like one of my social phobias is calling someone the wrong name and it's such a phobia that i i won't call you by your name for like years i'm like hey guy yeah. what's up dude because if i if i'm 90 like if i'm one percent unsure i am terrified of calling someone the wrong name absolutely terrified so yeah glad that didn't happen to me yeah, i don't give a fuck i just let it slide and go along baby we all move along but uh yeah go go check out tim and dean those guys are great and uh, as per usual guys and gals if you like, uh, if you want to go back and listen to our our complete back catalog, you can find every single episode of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, on our Patreon page, and that is Patreon.com/slash Cartwright. All links. Sign, uh, Corey, Corey, that 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 would have to be really expensive for <laughs> yeah. all of our all of our back catalog of stuff. Like you'd have to be spending buco bucks, right? Yeah, no, it's 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 uh it's it's a hundred dollars a day. No, I'm just kidding. It is one dollar, <laughs> one dollar, <laughs> one dollar um an entire month yep. for each month. One dollar, you can literally look on the ground each month and find enough money to just pay for your Cartwright subscription to help support us and get out all of our back catalog. Yeah, it's it's mostly to, to help support the show and everything. Uh, server costs, you know, time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and any any venture uh, uh, is not free. So, uh, or should I say, any venture online is not free. So we, we appreciate yeah. all the love and support you guys have given us so far. We appreciate all the five-star reviews you guys have given us on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate the hell out of all the subscribers that we have across the board. And clearly yeah. you guys are telling your friends 
friends because, uh, yeah, they're crazy. There's a lot of subscribers. So we appreciate you guys uh, uh, checking us out. And we appreciate you guys checking out the rest of the shows in the Beefop Network. See? It's only taken That's me right. five and a half seasons to, to, to say it right, buddy. Yeah. And doesn't it feel good? Don't you feel better saying Beefop? It does. It does. I've, yeah, I'm, I, 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 it kind of feels good on the inside. Beef up, yeah, right. <laughs> beef up. All right, guys, we'll catch you next week with the Cigar Store Indian. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week, we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. 